For the first time ever, I am thrilled to say we have an official sponsor for the Dirk Talk podcast, and that's Ariat. I've worn Ariat boots on every job site I've visited over the years, traveling in them across five continents. More importantly, I have yet to find a single project where working folks, unlike me, are not wearing Ariat boots and workwear in every condition imaginable. And there's really good reason for that. And that's because it's phenomenal stuff. And the more I've learned about Ariat and the company, the more I've loved their brand. So with this, Ariat is offering any Dirt Talk listener 10% off their next Ariat order at ariat.com slash Dirt Talk. That's 10% off boots, jeans, and workwear at ariat.com slash Dirt Talk or at the link in this episode's description. With that, let's get to the show. Dirt talk, dirt talk, dirt talk, dirt talk, dirt talk. Okay. And we're back. And we're back. Welcome back to the Dirt Talk Podcast Monday edition with I didn't know what I, I didn't know what uh Ah uh, oh, shoot. My name is Alex, by the way. With uh with Alex. Me. And Aaron Witt. From Buildwit. From Buildwit. Wit, you know, it's in the name. CEO and founder of Buildwit. Sure are. For now. <laughs> For now. <laughs> I, I've thought about that a lot lately. I'm like, ah, I kind of suck at my job. And there's probably somebody that's better at my job than <laughs> than I am. And that could very well be a conversation at some point. In theory, however. Which I'm perfectly okay with. I'm like, I'm the one thinking I'm probably not as good at my job as I need to be. Well, we've talked a good bit about you don't necessarily have a ton of vanity about that kind of role i mean no one can ever take the founder part from you although yeah good uh, luck elon musk did that for tesla we won't talk about it <laughs> he paid for that title of founder. and uh what was it mark zuckerberg with facebook too well yeah <laughs> uh, according to the movie <laughs> yeah, according according to the documentary mm-hmm. that i saw <laughs> the documentary called the social network yeah, yeah. rated pg-13 mm-hmm. or r i don't know what i think it's r i think uh, it's r yeah i think it's a and it's an adult movie it's dealing with adult stuff. Facebook. Though if they, <laughs> if they made another Facebook movie, it would be about a bunch of people in their 60s because that is the majority of people who use Facebook. Isn't that the truth? I feel like I was... My grandmother, very active. But I'm sure. If I had grandparents, I'm sure they'd be all over the place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. My See, <clears throat> my mom's super active on it. And the thing is... She's, she's in always, her 50s? Mm-hmm. She's always taking pictures... And sharing it on Facebook, but I'm not on Facebook, so I don't know what she posts. Like, regard, I mean, not that I care, but it's like I know my sister for sure cares because they'll be just posting pictures of the family because mm-hmm. you know they're probably not the best pictures. I mean, regarding uh, compared to like my sister's standards, sure. So anything, anything's probably on my mom's Facebook. You I get f- the whole unfiltered <laughs> glimpse into our family life on my mom's Facebook. I feel like so many of those photos from like, uh, I'll say parents of friends or I guess my own parents, but always like the 
the lens is like really smudged on their phone and it's like this is the worst quality version of this and this is what you wanted to put on here mm-hmm. or it'll be like a screenshot of a photo that's saved to their phone but then they didn't crop out like the you know stuff at the top i, I love that to, well to give to give my mom credit she's not that bad okay good yeah love i've it. seen some of the pictures they, they i think they look fine i'm just saying from like a 20 year old girl's perspective total trash did your brother and sister did they intentionally use your naming convention when making their like social media accounts no i feel like i've seen you when like you were hanging with them tag them i guess it would just been first name last we just we just have an easy last name with you can just throw it around you can kind of put it in wherever yeah you do a lot of things it's not super common so typically usernames are available easy to come by yeah makes sense yeah, so it's it's a it's it's a good last name. I feel good about it. I feel great about it. Actually, glad I have my last name. It's a good last name. Not that I have any choice in the matter whatsoever. But. And it's it's pretty pretty cool that uh, you were able to join a company that was named with your last name in it. Dude, what are the odds of that? Huh? Amazing. Yeah. Everybody walks around like, you have anything to do with that? I, I no. I my dad I, named it. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Just my old man. My old man. My dad's company. Uh, we have gotten a question, um, I think both for the internal podcast and for this podcast as well, asking if you could change the name. Like, have you ever thought about that? Or is this kind of like a too late, that ship has sailed? Obviously now, I think. But early on, was there ever, a, oh, maybe I should? No. I've never once legitimately like, yeah, I need to rebrand the whole company. But it's the funniest. It, it, it doesn't happen too often. Actually, it's, it, I guess it happens often. It'll be, so it'll be someone out in the field. I won't know them. I'll, I'll walk up to them. What do you got going on? Start talking with them. And you'll see them look up at my hard hat. Oh, you're with Buildwit. So what, is, what does Buildwit do? And you'll see them look up at the hard hat again, see my name, Aaron Witt, on it. Huh. Like, ha. <laughs> huh. And then uh, it's like, I know exactly where the conversation's going from there. I'm like, oh, I didn't want to talk about this. I just want to talk about what the heck you're doing. Like why this curb is here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that's all I want to talk about right now. But I, I get that's an important, we need more people on our mission of making the dirt world a better place. So if I have the opportunity to talk to someone who hasn't heard about us, what we're doing and get them on board our mission, that's a win at the end of the day. But I am introverted by nature. Mm-hmm. I just want to know what the heck's going on wherever I'm at. I don't want to talk about what the heck I do. I screwed up terribly and chose the terrible like the absolute wrong profession for being an introvert and not wanting to talk about anything uh so here i am here you are like everybody's like good for you i'm like no my life is in my life is is a burning pile of trash man i just want to hide under my rock and i can't hide under my damn rock like yesterday i filmed all day long for sure building training. today all i've done is either meetings or podcasts Podcast number four right now. Which a meeting is basically a podcast you don't record. Yeah. <laughs> and then I have a meeting after this. And then I have therapy after that, after this whole day of talking. So I'm supposed to talk for another hour after I just talked all day. And when you go to therapy, the expectation is that you'll be vulnerable and open and typically stuff you're not going to talk about at work. It's just, uh, yeah, and it's like, it's not that. It's just like, uh, it requires a lot of mental energy. It does. So it's not, 
lighthearted conversation. Hey, man, you want to talk, you know, toss back some brewskis and just kick it? It's not one of those conversations. But I feel like what's tough is because it's at the end of a day like today, which means that you're already kind of coming in a little raw, a little uh, low on your gas gauge. Correct. No? Yeah. Just how it is. So, yeah, it's just uh, just me complaining about my perfectly fine life. <laughs> That's super cush. But here I am still complaining about it. Because um, I have to talk to people. Oh, boo-hoo. Yeah. My wife um, is starting with a new therapist today. Totally cool. She'd be totally fine to talk about it. Wow. That's which is a big deal. Big time. She's pumped. And she texted me before this. She's like, I don't know what I need, what I should talk about first. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, I feel like a lot of us are in that position. <laughs> it's where... like you're, you're kind of thumbing through the, the, the list, you know, the, your imaginary list. Like, oh, there's a, there's a lot here. Where, <laughs> yeah. It's like, where, where, do, do, where do I, I start? start? Yeah. Um, ah. which t- to me, like that, that feels like a sign of the times. Mm. Um, I, I would say that it feels like I'm in my life right now. And of the, the folks that are in my life, I feel like it is a very high percentage of people who feel like a certain degree of burnout. Yeah. yeah it's directly correlated, directly <laughs> correlated to people not being together. Guaranteed. It's not even it's it's not even hard to see and notice. Humans are social creatures. Mm-hmm. We have to be with one another, even if we are introverted as hell. That's why. What it, what is the worst form of torture if someone does something terrible? What do we do? We lock them up Isolation. in solitary confinement. Isolation away from anybody else. We take their humanity away from them by not allowing them to interact with any other human beings. That's terrible. It's a form of torture. That's what we do. That's what we've just done to the whole damn world. So, yeah, no kidding is is anxiety through the roof and drug uh, drug overdoses are through the roof and suicides through the roof and mental issues are through the roof and the feeling of just feeling isolated is through the roof. No wonder all of that is, is, mm-hmm. is way pronounced right now and it's not going away. It's terrible. And what's, I think what's fascinating, um, and I say, cause you and I are both introverts that play extrovert when the time's right, that I think my typical thought on this would be, well, when I'm like around a lot of folks that it just runs my, my gas gauge to empty and I need to then go recharge like at home or by myself. But it's like, I, I almost need that, that interaction in that time, like running my gas gauge low correct, so that I can like recharge correctly versus like if I'm just home all the time or, you know, just not nearly as like in community with my people that I'm not like using my energy in a way that like feels healthy or feels um, how I want to be. And so I I think that's a fascinating point that like, even though, you know, introverts are typically wired to like want that alone time and don't get energized by like being in their community, that it's still part of like their cycle of how they like are a human. Yeah. We're all human beings. Yeah. Human beings need social interaction. Human beings need social interaction. It doesn't matter who you are, where you're at in the world, how you're wired, how socially awkward you are. You need social interaction. There's just no way around it. That's how we've evolved. That's how we've evolved because it increased our chances of survival. Mm-hmm. We needed to form tribes. We needed to form groups because 
we were so worthless alone that we needed to come together to make sure to ensure our survival. It's, it's essential. It's absolutely essential. And so, great, we don't live in the tribal world we evolved in, but that doesn't make socialization and, and, and human connection any, any less important. Yeah, That's, we still have that primal need for those, for a lot of that. Yeah, man. That said, when Aaron and I are done with this podcast, we won't talk to each other for the rest of the day. That's it. <laughs> That's it. But it's what makes life so rich and fulfilling yeah. is coming together. And this is why the whole thought of going 100% remote scares the shit out of me. I think that is ter- I think that's a terrible idea that's going completely against human nature. Now, I think dictating that everybody has to be in the office 5 days a week for 40 hours is not the best way of doing business anymore because people have had now had flexibility over their lives and they don't want to go back. You need to offer flexibility and people need to offer people the freedom to live life as they need to. Now in construction, that's a little bit more difficult because it's a production-based industry. Mm-hmm. So in a location-based, you got to be somewhere. That's it. Yeah, but I think there's a lot of things the construction industry can do to be just a little bit more flexible, rather than make your doctor's appointments on in the off season. Like some of the stuff I hear is fucking insane. Mm-hmm. Um, but a hundred percent remote, I think, is a a recipe for disaster. Because you're missing the human connection standpoint. You're, you're missing the human connection st- component. And you can't go build a strong culture without trust and human connection. It's just not possible. We didn't evolve to communicate over screens. And communicating over screens is super unnatural. Like psychologically, physiologically speaking, it's, it's super unnatural. And I think one way that bears out for us as a company is when we have our... Uh twice a year like full team meeting in nashville where we get the whole crew together like i think everybody leaves that either like super super pumped up like that was so great i can't wait to get back to it or i need a day (laughs) and then i can't wait to get back to it because there is something about that like this community that like we've been building here at build not everybody's in nashville we're not with everybody all the time no and when we have that opportunity it's like all right this is special that we're all working towards something we're all in the room together like that's pretty, that like energy is really tangible. And I think like is an important part of what we do here. And I think it probably continue to be that as we continue to grow. Yeah. But the, so the, but the problem is we continue to grow. So the conversation was had about this upcoming meeting. Is this financially viable right now? Because it's like, I don't know, probably $300,000, mm-hmm. $300,000. That's a shitload of money. Yeah. That's twice the money I made in the first year of business <laughs> to have a three-day meeting. Yeah. That's insane. That's insane. But it's that important to our business big picture to bring people together. And, and I feel like we always see, see the value of it afterwards, too. That's it. But still, dude. It's still scary. You, yeah, it's still scary. And you're still looking at the dollars like, can we just do this over Zoom? And, and no, the answer is absolutely not. We can't. So... Anyway, now I'm pumped up. I want to see see people in my life. Uh, we got a couple questions for the Dirt Talk podcast. You want to dig in? That sounds great. Cool. I would like to do that. All right. First question. This is from Justin. There are countless operators with 20 plus years of, of service that have gnarled hands. 
Is there any research or concern on what a lifetime of being an operator does to a body? Um, I think everybody knows it kicks the shit out of you. I mean, run a dozer and rock for 10 minutes and you, you understand it. like, holy smokes. So this is what these guys do all day long? This is insane. And the whole operator comfort thing, I'm not really buying. I know you're working in a rough environment, but I would like to see how much effort is really put into operator comfort because I just don't know if it's where it should be. You're saying there should be more effort and energy towards operator comfort. I think so. But then you get into the weird, well, back in my day, we didn't even have air conditioning. And it's like, okay, cool. Yeah, you didn't have air conditioning, but... Uh, I would like air conditioning. So you drive your car without air conditioning and the windows down in the summer just because you didn't have it before and you want to be a tough, like, I guarantee you run your air conditioning. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't think there's been formal research done on what it does to your body. You can talk to all the old school guys. You can just watch them get in and out of equipment. Mm -hmm. They're hurting. They're hurting. Um, and I think there's things that we can... I just think there's there there should be more effort and intention behind ergonomics and taking care of people's bodies in the industry. Mm -hmm. But there is a lot of it. Like so the thing with remote control. So remote control it's good because you can put a machine in a dangerous application that you wouldn't necessarily want line of sight remote control. Yeah. So you have to be seeing the machine and it's somebody running the remote control. Somebody people think it's just like Every time you say remote control and show a guy running a remote control, they're like, oh, they're putting operators out of jobs. I'm like, that guy's an operator. Are you blind? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? The guy's running the machine. But it's great for applications like working under a high wall, under a conveyor, in a nuclear power plant, whatever it is. There's a bunch of different applications for it. But there's also applications for make it remote control so you can run that machine in a really rough environment without screwing up the operator. While you're doing it, like mm -hmm. ripping, for example, if you're ripping rock with a dozer, it's gnarly. It's so harsh. What if we could use a remote control so the operator can sit away from the machine, rip and do the work he needs to rip, do, do. Yeah. Okay, great. He can't feel the machine. So there's downsides to it. It's not this, you know, fairy tale land. I get that, but let's do the cost benefit analysis here. Are the, are the, the benefits of the operator not getting the shit kick out of them for a 12-hour shift better? Probably. Or at least just give them a break, give them the option to stand out of the machine and let them rip for a little bit. I don't know. On those remote-controlled machines, are they also usable if they just want to be used like as traditional? Like you could, yeah, yeah, you could yeah, get yeah, into yeah. it too? Exactly. Okay. Yeah. You just get into it and run the machine normally. Flip a switch. It makes the little light on the outside of the machine go from blue to green. Mm -hmm. And then, okay, great. It's a normal machine. Now there's, they know somebody's in there. And, yeah. yeah. So, um, I, I, and then, okay, great. We could talk about ergonomics. And I think uh, step one is just educating operators on how to just live healthier lives. Okay. And if we could help operators just be healthier overall, that's a huge step. That's probably the lowest hanging fruit. So how can I, as a business owner, make sure that my people live a healthy life or an incentivized to live a healthy life? How can I design my business to incentivize that behavior? Because if I incentivize that behavior, if my operators are healthier, they're going to be more effective. Yeah. They're going to be healthier. So they're just going to live better lives. 
and they're going to be more effective at their job. So it's a win-win. But instead of just, well, oh, they just, that's how they live. How do you design, how do you create a world that influences the behavior you want to see? That's very possible from a business standpoint. Mm-hmm. And it's not manipulation. It's, you know, you're, you're, you're still giving them the opportunity to go do it. It's still free will, but you're making it easier and easier and easier to live a healthy life, for example. So, um, I think that should be a huge, huge area of focus. I think we talk about safety all day long, safety this, safety that, fall protection, trend, I get all that, but we don't talk about being healthy. As being an important yeah. part of that. How many injuries will you prevent in the field? How much bodily degradation will you prevent if people are healthy? You know, how many people, like, look at, look at how many people die from heart disease ridiculous amount of people die from heart disease. That's a totally preventable disease. Uh, totally preventable. Mm-hmm. We don't talk about that because that's not going to affect us legally and from an insurance standpoint today, which is a bummer. But that's where I'd be starting from an opera standpoint. Hey, let's talk about energy drinks. That shit is poison. Mm-hmm. Or hey, you know, let's have a, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I have, I, I don't know. I don't have my mind wrapped around it, but I just think we need to be more deliberate from a health standpoint in the industry. So, okay, great. Like we could go talk to the manufacturers. Can you guys make this way more ergonomic? And they are making progress. Like cab today is a lot better than it was 10 years ago. Yeah. I'll throw them a bone. Um, but the, the lower hanging fruit there is how do I create an environment that helps my people live a healthier life? And if they're healthier, everybody wins as a result. That makes sense to me. Um, Justin, who asked this question, he also <laughs> made a comment in his email that he said, I know Aaron wants turn-by-turn directions in his skid steer, which I cracked up at. Got him. I was like, man, you, that's pretty, that's pretty clever to me because it would be a joke. Um, well, thanks for talking about that. I, I feel like kind of what you're talking about, Aaron, is it's you're you're right it is like the low hanging fruit but it's also like the thing that probably doesn't get talked about nearly enough um if at all i've been on one or two job sites one or two it does not get talked about <laughs> this is period <laughs> it it doesn't it doesn't um it's a huge bummer i th- i think that definitely goes along with you know we we obviously talk a lot about you know one way to make the dartwood a better place is for companies to care for their people more like that's clearly like in line with that. That's it. You know, offering your team opportunities to, you know, both do their job better, but also like be healthier, be in better shape to do the work they're gonna. You know, those are all good things. It's a, it's a physic, and, and a lot of people, a lot of people, just don't, uh, just lack the education too. Sure, it's just simple stuff. Like they didn't grow up understanding the importance of exercise and understanding the importance of what a diet looks like. Like we've been lied to from a diet standpoint alone, like the food, yeah, got milk. The, the food pyramid, <laughs> like it's dog shit. It doesn't make any, like as many grains as you, like, what are you even talking? What, what are you talking about, dude? Like we've been lied to by the whole food industry our whole lives. Big right food, now. man. It's, it's, it's no joke. Mm-hmm. So even something as simple as that, or, you know, I, I've even thought of if I had a construction company. I would try to pay for lunch as often as I could because, okay, great. Hey, 
my guys, my people don't have time because we're, we're starting early, for example. They don't have the time to go make sure they have a healthy lunch. So what are they going to do? They're going to go buy some dog shit and they're going to eat it. You can't blame them. That's exactly what I would be doing too in that position. How can I make it easier for them to make the right decision? Well, maybe I can figure out how to get them lunch, even if it's just one day a week where I hire a food truck that has healthy options and I have it pull up on my job site on Friday and I pay for everything. So they don't even need to, oh, well, they don't like it and they're not going to pay for it. Maybe I pay for it. That's a brilliant expense on my part because, hey, if they're well fed, if they're eating just one healthy meal a week and learning, wow, actually, this lettuce stuff doesn't taste like shit. <laughs> I actually kind of like it. They're going to perform better. They're going to be happier. I'm going to be better off at the end of the day. Yeah. I'm not doing it for that reason, but that's a benefit. It's not just a sunk cost. It is a gain in productivity long term by taking care of my people. Something as simple as that. Well, yeah. And the, I mean, I think the idea of taking care of your people like is, is so broad too. You know, it's like that is not, that's not always like the one answer. It's like, well, if you just buy your, your team healthy lunch, like there's a million ways to care for your team. But like there's also a million ways that work for like just your company that, you know, increase morale, keep everybody healthier, keep everybody being more productive. Like there's all those things. And of course, there are, a lot of them are specific. But like you said, like this is pretty low hanging fruit too. Really low hanging fruit. Speaking of, offer low hanging fruit to your team. There you go. That's it. <laughs> Anywho, uh, thanks, Justin, for the question and for emailing. You've sent in a couple of questions over the, the year, I think. All right. Next up, John. He says, and Dirt Talk 118, which was Paul Jones. Hmm. He says, I heard Aaron say that the industry is really a revenue game right now and that a company should want to drive revenue over profit. Can y'all elaborate on that? Why would a company be more interested in revenue over profit? Uh, so they can flex on everybody and get bigger, bigger projects. It's like, look at the ENR 400 list, for example. How does it rank contractors? On profitability? On people? No. On revenue? Mm -hmm. That's it. So contractors have been programmed into thinking, you know, more revenue is best. And that's how a lot of companies are ranked. And that's how some projects are awarded. You know, you need to have a certain amount of revenue. You need to be certain size to even get into the, the ballpark. Or if you have more revenue, you can get more bonding capacity. So then you can get, you can bid bigger jobs, for example. It's, it's, we're, we're incentivized. Businesses are incentivized in the industry to grow revenue. Profitability doesn't matter. A project owner doesn't matter, doesn't typically care how profitable you are. A DOT could give a shit how profitable you are. They just care about revenue, about bonding capacity. And okay, cool. If your bonding company says you can do it, great. We'll take the bid. And if it's the low bid, great. Legally, you have the job. Because, well, it's like you're you're doing more, the more business you're doing, like the more it looks like you can do more business, mm -hmm. right? Um, and it's just, in business too, it's super easy to chase revenue. It's fun. You love seeing revenue go up and up and up and up, ah, making so much money. You get caught up in this game of, whoa, this is cool. You get, you want to grow every year. And um, 
it's also just easy to get caught up in chasing more and more and more. And especially with how big the market is right now and how crazy the market is right now, construction companies are trying to gobble up as much as they can. And so you're saying that they should. I can't. No, they shouldn't. They shouldn't be chasing revenue as much. No. I'm confused. No. They're trying. They're, that's what they're doing right now. But it's, that's, not, that's not always good for anybody. Got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. Yeah. They should, like like Randy Blunt, he talks about this all the time. Like You can go into Build It Leaders and learn about how he's built his whole business, which is crazy profitable, by the mm-hmm. way, which is why he was acquired. He built it by being deliberate about the work he took on and by deliberately not chasing revenue, but growing as they could grow, as they could maintain their profitability. Well, yeah, because like, I mean, and please correct me if I'm wrong, the bigger you get, the thinner your margins are just because you have more expenses oftentimes and overhead and whatever else as you you get bigger. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That makes sense. Like all the big companies, they just make a few percentage points. That's it. It's It's like, doesn't matter how much revenue because it's all just a percentage at that point. Mm -hmm. It just gets split up between their people. And here's a little bit that's left. Yeah. It's crazy. So, yeah, I mean revenue we need to we need to go build the work that needs to get built. We need to go build the infrastructure our country needs. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. We need to fill demand. We can't just say sorry, we can't build it. That's not an option, which is why we have to make the dirt world a better place. Which is why we have to build a little bit more intelligently. But also to go fill demand to build more intelligently, we need the workforce. To get the workforce, we need the profit to invest in people. To get the profit to invest in people, we might have to do a little bit less work. <laughs> it's kind of, you know, you, you just, it, it's, it's a little counterintuitive. There's a, I think it might even be on TikTok. There's like a, a video of this guy who, he, he basically coaches people who want to move into freelance. And like, how do, how do you do that? How do you kind of start building that business from scratch? Which, and I think this definitely applies here as well. But it's talking about, you know, like he, this made up guy is getting too many clients. He can't do all of the work. Mm-hmm. And so the coach says, all right, we'll raise your rates. And the guy says, well, I'm going to lose some of my clients. He's like, well, if you double your rates and lose half your clients, look, you have the same amount of money and you have twice as much time. And I was like, oh, okay. And so to me, like, that's to me that sort of lives in this same conversation on profit because like you said if you're just chasing revenue for forever that's fine if you get tons and tons of revenue but like is your business really any better if you're still having to hire hire more more people and just like have all all this overhead and you have really no profit left Mm -hmm. um versus like focusing on like you know what can you do with that profit and once you see like that opportunity then you're probably more likely to focus on that more than the revenue yeah we've been programmed by like big corporate America that profit is bad. Like, wow, they're taking advantage of everybody. But profit is a good thing. And just pure capitalism, it's a great thing because you can do some really, really cool stuff with profit. Mm-hmm. You can go expand your business. You can go try new things. You can go grow your people. You can do a lot of fun things. And we're missing out on that as an industry right now. And as a result, we're not able to go recruit and invest in people effectively. And as a result, we have a big workforce problem that's only going in one direction. So I think a big, it's not the solution, but part of the solution is educating construction companies on how to operate more effectively so that they can be more profitable, so that they do have more to invest in their people, try new things, and build more effectively. 
I see that as one of the the, the core pieces of solving the workforce problem mm-hmm. is helping companies be more profitable. It just makes sense. Yeah. We're just operating in this hyper-competitive market and everybody sh- kicks the shit out of each other. Drives margins down, 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 down. We need to stop playing that game because everybody loses. It's a race to the bottom. Where are we at right now? Everybody's hurting. Yeah. Hmm. Well, and like you've said, there. even if you, like if you and your company focus on, you know, trying to have more profit and not just kind of running like, these bids lower and lower and lower, whoever's the lowest. If, if you're the only one who participates in that, you're kind of at the mercy of the other companies in your industry, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it. That's exactly it. Yeah. And it's not as easy as just like, okay, great. We're just not going it's, to, it's, it's an incremental process, mm-hmm. incremental change, but uh, you might have to take a step back in revenue to jump forward in profitability, but that's in everybody's best interest. Yeah. So it's just, that's when ego comes into play because that's hard. You have to swallow a little bit of humble pie and there's big egos in the industry. Surprise, surprise. Surprise. Uh, uh, <laughs> I don't think that's shocking for anybody to mm. find out. And, and just from an ego standpoint too, you, you like having a lot of revenue. You can flex on people. Yeah, I do half a billion dollars. And then they're like, all right, how, much, how much money did you have after you paid all your people? Well, not really that much. Still did half a billion. Yeah. Still have all this equipment on my balance sheet. Still can flex. That's what it's about. That's what it's about. But everybody wins when a company's more profitable. The owner can sell the company for more money if they want to. Mm-hmm. They have more money to invest in their people. Everybody's happier. They build better work. They become more profitable. It becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. So the more you focus on profitability, the greater and greater and greater your business will actually become. Mm-hmm. The more effective your business will actually become. You'll be able to, as you become more effective, Potentially bid work for lower than everybody else and still make more money than everybody else. Mm -hmm. Isn't that crazy? Who knew? Whoa. Uh, Well, thanks, John, for the question. Thanks, Aaron, for talking about that a bit. Yeah. And and my typical disclosure, I have no idea what I'm talking about, but that is my elementary understanding of what's going on based on my... Well, like you said, you've been on a data side or two. Mm Mm-hmm. At least two this year. At least two. Good for you. Minimum. <laughs> um, one thing that's pretty cool uh, for Build It before we wrap it up, we uh, got our first uh, client using Build It training this week. Yeah, I don't know if we want to talk about that. On the got podcast. it. Okay. BRB. NVM. <laughs> <laughs> and we can leave that in there. Uh, I'm fine with leaving okay. this in there. They just don't want it to promote it all that much because they're still working on some things and okay. ironing some kinks out. Sure. Miraculously, we don't get everything perfectly right at Build It. We don't. We're trying our best. Crazy. Crazy, right? Our intentions are good. Wow, we're screwing up. Oh, that's something. That's that's new. That's new. We, we know Whoops. nothing about. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but we'll talk more about that when the time's right. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so I think that's a Monday Dirt Talk episode. We really appreciate everybody stopping by. If you enjoy the podcast, please keep sharing it. It's a huge help for us. If you have a question, send it to dirttalkatbilbo.com or feedback. We'd love to hear from you. And with that, if you want to learn how to make your company more profitable too, Build It Leaders. Build It Leaders. Google Build It Leaders or download the Build It app. It's all available for free. And Randy Blunt will tell you how to run a more profitable construction business for free. There you go. He knows something about it. He knows something about it. 
So thanks for tuning in. We will see you on the next one. Stay dirty, everybody.